listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. Welcome once more to the ministry of uh, Let the Bible Speak. It is my joy to join with you here as we think through the Word of God in a time of tremendous need. I want to read some verses from Lamentations chapter 3. Uh, let's read together from uh, the verse number 21. Jeremiah here speaking in his Lamentations says this, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. I want to begin this broadcast just with a word of prayer. It's an important time to pray. We need the Lord to minister to our souls, to grant us his peace, and to grant us the clarity that comes from the word of God. So let's just pray at this point. Eternal God and our Father in heaven, we come into your presence again through the name of our Lord and Saviour and your dear Son. We thank you for Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Son of Man, who gave himself a ransom for sinners and we pray as we come to the word today that you would help us to rightly understand it. Help us, O Lord, to benefit from the scriptures. And for all who are listening on today, we pray that uh, they would hear the very voice of God as we open up the scriptures together. Encourage your people and even today be pleased to point needy souls to Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. This has been a a difficult time to think straight. We have been going through a situation that none of us could have imagined. And certainly that has had a tremendous impact upon so many. But it has also impacted our churches. There are various thoughts on the various issues before us at this time. We had to make the decision as churches whether we should gather or not gather. We have to deal with the situation we find ourselves in, in terms of uh, our position in the world. How do we feel about this uh, lockdown? How do we feel about the actions of our government on a state and a federal level? How do we feel about the future decisions to uh, reopen the state? How do we feel about the potential of a coming vaccine? Will we receive the vaccine or will we not? And these matters will indeed bring about conflict, even strife in our churches. Uh, we must be very careful that we don't allow the devil to get in and divide the people of God. But above all that, we're living in days when lives are, are lost. People have been swept into eternity and many families are in grief. And in such a time, we have been bombarded with information and numbers. More information 
at our fingertips in any generation before us. So how do we think through all of this? Troubled times, difficult times, much that occupies our minds, and how do we make sense of everything that is going on? Well, I want to say immediately in this broadcast that I don't pretend to have the answers to all of those difficult questions. It's also been shown throughout the centuries that in times of crisis it is difficult to think clearly. Decision-making is difficult. It's often very good advice that we should not make life-changing decisions in times of stress and strain. But I'm sure, like many of you, I want to think clearly, and I want to have certainty in my thinking. And the best way for the child of God to know certainty is to think Bible thoughts. And I want to turn your attention to the words of Jeremiah in the text that I've just read. Jeremiah says in the verse 21, This I recall to my mind. Jeremiah has made the decision that he's going to take control of his thoughts. And I want to urge you to do the same today. Wherever you are, whatever your situation may be, I want to encourage you to take control of your thoughts today, to take every thought captive and to have that time to think through the word of God. This certainly is a time of trouble. And the book of Lamentations has as its title this theme of mourning. A lament is a dirge. It refers to a song perhaps sung at a funeral service, a song that would be sung in the minor key, a dirge, a song of mourning. And Lamentation certainly has that theme. You're listening to the very opening words of the lament, and Jeremiah says, How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? How has she become a widow? He's referring to Jerusalem. He's referring to the southern kingdom of Judah. He's referring to the time that they've been taken captive into Babylon. Tremendous time of mourning. He says, she that was great among the nations and princes among the provinces, how has she become tributary? She weepeth sore in the night and her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she hath none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They are become her enemies. Jeremiah feels the pain. He sees the impact of God's judgment upon the people's sin. And as God has judged the people for their sins, so they have suffered greatly. And that is the cause of Jeremiah to offer this lament. In chapter 2, he again begins a second lament and says, How hath the Lord covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud in his anger, and cast down from heaven unto the earth the beauty of Israel, and remembered not his footstool in the day of his anger. The Lord has swallowed up all the habitations of Jacob, and hath not pitied. He hath thrown down in his wrath the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He hath brought them down to the ground. He hath polluted the kingdom and the princes thereof. Oh, what a tragic situation. Now, this is indeed a time of trouble as Jeremiah contemplates the hand of God in human history. He felt that in a very personal level. In chapter 3, the chapter that we're considering today begins, I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. 
Surely against me is he turned, he turneth his hand against me all the day. These words are remarkable. There are some uh, preachers in this modern day who would have us to believe that if you have faith in God, then all will be well. You will know health and wealth and prosperity. But Jeremiah was a man of God, a man filled with the Spirit of God, a man who walked closely with God, and yet he would say in this lament, My flesh and my skin hath he made old. He had broken my bones. He had builded against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in dark places, as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about, that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy also, when I cry and shout. He shutteth out my prayer. This is a tremendously honest reflection on the grief that was felt. As the prophet understood the wrath of God being brought against the sins of the people. It is proper to grieve over ungodliness and to grieve over the results of God's judgment. We are certainly living in days that we see the brokenness of the world. We see sin in the creation. We see the trouble that is in this creation through the fall. And as Romans chapter 1 tells us, the wrath of God is being revealed. And we see that and we feel that and we see the, the consequence of it. We see people given to their own lusts and to their own wickedness. We see man's pride and we see man's ungodliness and God is not in all their thoughts. And we see the impact of that. And so we lament. Yet in these days of trouble, we must we must ensure by God's grace that we do not lose our capacity to think clearly. In the trouble, it is a time to think. And so that's what I want to discuss with you now. Having thought about this time of trouble, I want to think about this issue of it being a time to think. The danger is that in trouble, many will struggle to think. Emotions will dominate anger, bitterness, jealousy. Those things will often come to the fore when we find ourselves in the midst of affliction, confusion. Even some will find themselves being obsessed with certain thoughts and ideas. Now, there are many who will bear testimony to this. Uh, perhaps in previous days they've suffered the loss of a job, uh, the breakdown of marriage, the loss of a loved one, a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, or some manner of ill health and they will testify that in those days of great trouble, it was difficult to think clearly. People going through these waters will say things they don't really believe. The pain and the agony and the sorrow will indeed cause them to believe things that they would never have believed before. We have an example of this in the Psalm 31. And there David gives an honest Reflection on his own conduct. He says in the verse 22 of Psalm 31. For I said in my haste. I am cut off from before thine eyes. The psalmist admits that he was hasty in his judgment. Earlier in the psalm. He talks about being in trouble. The verse 9. Have mercy upon me O Lord for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief. My life is spent with grief, my years with sighing, my strength faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. 
he describes the trouble that he found himself in. And so, at such a time, there was the danger that he would speak in haste. Well, just in passing, the people of God need to be very careful that they do not speak in haste. The people of God, we, we must guard our mouths. And dare I say, in these days of social media, we must guard what we post. We must guard what we type. We must be careful and reasoned and cautious and make sure that what we say is according to truth and according to godliness. We can speak in haste. And the danger that we find in times of trouble is that we do not think clearly. And emotions come to the fore. But what strikes me about Jeremiah, if we go back to Lamentations chapter 3, is that Jeremiah makes a deliberate determination, an act of the will, in light of the danger, he determines to control his mind. The text says, This I recall to my mind. It is possible to control our minds. Jeremiah demonstrates that this is an act of the will. I'm going to bring certain things back to my mind. Things that he knew in the past. We will see what those things are as we draw this broadcast to a close. But there are things that he knew, things that he determined to remember, and he made a deliberate, determined decision to recall these things. And that's a very important practice. It's important for the people of God not to think hastily, but to take time aside and to carefully work through their thought processes. The Word of God shows us that it is possible and indeed godly for the people of God to actively control their thoughts. Paul in Philippians chapter 4 in the verse number 8 exhorts the brethren, finally brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. There's a command in the word of God. And of course, whenever the Lord brings us his commands, he always gives us the grace to obey the command. And so we have the assurance here that it is possible for the child of God to do the will of God and to control what they think about, that we would not allow our minds to be consumed with that which is false, with that which is ungodly, with that which is is not according to the word of God, but rather our minds are occupied with the highest thoughts of God and of Christ and the gospel. Uh, I think of Abraham. Uh, I think of Abraham when he was tested by God, asked to offer up his son Isaac. That was a time of great trouble for Abraham, time of great testing. And yet we read in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 9 that he accounted that God was able to raise up Isaac. That word accounted is the word that we get our word logic from. In other words, Abraham used his mind. He used his mind to think through the trial that he was going through. And so as he encountered the trial, his mind was that which helped him through that situation. There is much at this time that will shake the child of God. And yet we must use our minds more than ever before. We must be careful that our actions are 
governed by our minds and not by our emotions and our feelings. We should, of course, keep abreast of current affairs and the situation, but we should only properly read these things and consider these things through the lens of God's word. Truth should be at the forefront. Uh, This is a time for calm heads and clear heads, uh, and as such, we must make sure that we are governed by the word of the living God. And so it is a time for thinking. And as we consider what we are to think about, it is, of course, then a time for truth. And here we should take our lead from Jeremiah. In the day of trouble, he took time to think, and he took time to think about the things of God. He says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. He reflects upon the glorious truths of God that are revealed in the word. He reflects upon the character of God. He reflects upon God's compassion towards sinners. His compassions feel not. We think of the Lord who is revealed in the Psalm 103. Like as a father pitieth his children. That's the same word for compassion. So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. He thinks about God's covenant loving kindness. He refers to God's mercies. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Again, I think of the Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to your iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Jeremiah, in the time of trouble, takes time to contemplate God's compassionate loving kindness. However bad things get, they are always better than what we deserve. As sinners before a holy God, we deserve God's condemnation and wrath in the eternal place of hell. And we live and we breathe, and God in his loving kindness has presented us with the gospel and given us opportunity to repent and to believe in him. And so we are indeed blessed with God's compassions every day. They are certainly new every morning. We arise in God's sovereign kindness and so it is a time for us to be humble before God this is not a time for proud and arrogant assertions against God it's a time to recognize that we as sinners are recipients of God's compassion and God's loving kindness Jeremiah refers to the proper response of the believer in light of the affliction the believer will sit alone and keep silence Because he had borne it upon him, he putteth his mouth in the dust. There is that sense of submission to the will of God. And of course, God's compassion and God's covenant loving kindness is brought to an encouragement to our souls when we think about God's constancy. Great is thy faithfulness. That speaks of God's 
reliability. It is drawn from a word that speaks of truth, steadfastness, firmness. And so we have the assurance that God is reliable. The concepts of God's goodness and truth come together so often in the word of God. We have it many, many times in the in the song book of God, in the book of Psalms. Mercy and truth. Truth not in the sense of the opposite of falsehood, but truth in the sense of God's covenantal reliability. I think of Psalm 89, where the psalmist says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. And you'll find similar language in Psalm 36, Psalm 88, Psalm 92, Psalm 98, and perhaps most famously of all, the Psalm 100. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. And what is being taught here is the sense that God, in his compassion towards sinners, has entered into a covenant of grace, a covenant that will never fail. And in that covenant, God promises to pardon our iniquities. He promises to reconcile us unto himself by the work of his Son. The concept of goodness and truth that we see many times in the Old Testament comes to fullness as John describes Jesus Christ in John chapter 1, where he speaks of Jesus as being full of grace and truth. When Christ came into the world, he came in to establish that covenant of redemption. He is the mediator of the covenant. His blood is the blood of the everlasting covenant. And he came to secure God's grace and God's mercy. God is sovereign in this world. Nothing can stay his hand. No one can frustrate the eternal purpose of God. No virus, no political system. Nothing can frustrate the eternal purpose of God. The covenant of God and those promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And these are the unchanging truths that ought to dominate our thinking in this time of lament. We do feel the trouble, but we are going to take control of our thoughts. And we do so, we do so by considering the gospel of Christ. That he came to secure the covenant promises of God, that he will be gracious and merciful, and he will pardon our sins for the sake of his Son. And may we contemplate that afresh today. May that be the thing that dominates our thoughts, that we would have the peace of God at a time of great trouble. For we understand that though trouble comes into this world due to sin, yet there is a God who reigns over all, the unchanging God, the God of great faithfulness, the God of great reliability, And the God who will not and cannot allow his covenant purposes to be frustrated. So in this time of trouble, it is a time to think and it is a time for truth. And when we think right thoughts, when we think right thoughts about the Lord, then this finally is a time for trust. I turn your attention back to Lamentations chapter 3. Let's listen once more to the prophet as he communicates. He says to us here, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. 
Therefore will I hope in him. There is the trust of the man of God. Right thinking about truth always leads to trust. A contentment with God. The Lord is my portion. That speaks back to the people of God and to their inheritance in the land of promise. When they left Egypt and crossed the Jordan into Canaan, they were all given an inheritance. Apart from the Levites, the Lord was to be their inheritance. And so it is for us today as a kingdom of priests. God himself is our inheritance. And it is a challenge today. But it is proper for the child of God to recognize that if they have the Lord, they have enough. The Lord is sufficient. To know that we have the Lord, his presence, his grace, his pardon and his peace is indeed sufficient for the people of God. And so we have a contentment with God. And this trust also is shown in a confidence in God. It says there again, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. The Christian has a great and glorious hope. It is the hope of eternal life from a God who cannot lie, a God who is great in faithfulness, a God who is abundant in loving kindness. And we have that hope that though this world decay, we have the prospect of resurrection. We have the prospect of being raised to everlasting life with Jesus Christ and to dwell in his presence forevermore. It is that hope that causes the child of God to persevere. It is that hope that enables the child of God to keep on going though the way be difficult. And so I encourage you, take some time. Go away and reflect upon these verses in Lamentations chapter 3. And as we find ourselves in the turmoil and in the trouble that we face at this point, may we put our feet firmly upon the word of God. Now though there is trouble, may we through the proper application of truth continue to trust in God at all times. If you're not a believer... I encourage you to reflect upon the covenantal kindness and faithfulness of God. He is able and willing to save you and to pardon you from all of your sins. May God bless his word. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.